Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock Tess of the Durberville, by the British realist author Thomas Hardy. Hardy was born in 1840. His father was a stonemason in Dorset, England. Hardy didn't move away and settled to live in this part of the British countryside for most of his life. He loved nature and derived a great deal of inspiration for his books from the landscape and the outdoors. Most of his novels are set in the countryside, presenting a strong local flavor. The ancient name of his home region was Wessex. He often refers to Wessex in his novels to define the local character. With Hardy Wessex novels became a whole genre of English literature, but Hardy always held the title of the genre's preeminent writer. Tess of the Durberville is an exemplar of this phenomenon. The novel is regarded as the peak of Hardy's creative career. The story of Tess relates the tragic life of a pure woman beset by hardships, suffering, and abuse. The book's heroine, Tess, is born into a poor peasant family, victims of the economic recession that hit Europe in the 1870s, known as the Long Depression. Tess's father stumbles upon the knowledge that he may be a descendant of the noble D'Herberville family. He sends Tess to these wealthy relatives in order to stake a claim that they are of the same family thereby overcome their current economic misfortune. Tess gains employment on the D'Herberville estate, but the lascivious D'Herberville son, Alec, forces himself on her and rapes her. From this point, the real tragedy begins. This novel was written at the end of the 19th century in England's Victorian era. When it was first published, it caused a great stir for several reasons. Firstly, Hardy created an impressive female figure who rebelled against many forms of social oppression. Hardy lambasted the traditional moral standards of Victorian social classes and added a controversial subtitle to his piece A Pure Woman Faithfully Presented. Hardy was severely criticized by the public for this subtitle as his heroine is a woman who, in their view, was impure because she lost her virginity. Hardy responded to this criticism in the preface to his book's first edition. He quoted the words of St. Jerome, the Latin translator of the Bible, If an offense come out of the truth, better it is that the offense come than that the truth be concealed. The way he stood up for his narrative shows Hardy's courage and his rebellious spirit against the rotten religious morality of the time. Why did Hardy describe Tess as a pure woman? How did Tess slowly fall from grace? Next, we will tell you more about the novel through three parts. In part one, we will present the novel's main plot and together gain an impression of Tess's life. In part two, we will analyze why Thomas Hardy insists that Tess is pure. In part three, we will consider what led to Tess's tragedy. Part one, the plot. Tess is the daughter of a poor farmer, Jack Derbyfield. She lives in the village of Marlott, nestled in the Blackmoor Vale in southern England. By chance, Tess's father discovers from the local clergyman that his ancestors may have been part of the noble D'Herberville family. He is so elated with the sudden revelation that he splashes out with his meager pennies on wine and gets very drunk. Because he is too inebriated, he is incapable of delivering a load of beehives he was supposed to take to market. As the family's eldest daughter, Tess takes responsibility. In her father's place, she drives the cart, intending to deliver the hives. Unfortunately, during the long journey through the night, she falls asleep and there is an accident. The family's elderly but precious horse collides with a mail cart and dies. This unpredicted incident leaves Tessa's family without the means to earn their living. 
After this distressing episode, Tess feels awfully remorse. She feels she was disastrously negligent and has put the family in a very difficult financial situation. By this time, Mrs. Derbyfield has already convinced herself that her husband is a true D'Herberville. She comes up with a new idea. In the town of Trantridge, to the west of the Blackmoor Vale, she has heard of a rich merchant family called D'Herberville. Hoping to find a way out of their financial situation, she sends Tess to make contact with her extended family. In the normal way, Tess would have been too proud to ask anyone for help. But now, because of her, their old horse is dead, and she has several siblings to feed and support, she must find a way to get the family out of trouble. For this reason, she agrees to her mother's plan and seeks out the D'Herberville family, hoping to get a job. Tess goes to the D'Herberville of Trantridge. She is tending to their poultry when she meets Alec D'Herberville, the young heir to the family fortune. Alec finds Tess beautiful, pure, and ethereal. He starts to harass her. Tess, aware of Alec's intentions, and is on her guard. Mainly, she succeeds in keeping her distance from him. But one day, Tess has a run-in with some other people from the village. Alec D'Herberville suddenly appears on horseback amid the confusion and offers to take her away. In her haste to escape the conflict, forgetting for an instant that he is a dangerous man, Tess climbs up with him on the back of his horse. Tess expects Alec to take her back to the house. Instead, he gets them lost in a forest in the middle of nowhere. Alec goes off to find out where they are. Tess waits and, exhausted from traveling all day, she falls asleep. In this way, Alec takes her by surprise and forces himself on her. After raping her, Alec asks Tess to be his mistress. She is adamant in her refusal and leaves the house to return to Marlott. Later, she discovers that she is pregnant. When Tess's baby is born, a serious illness soon takes the feeble child's life. Meanwhile, the people of Marlott are judgmental and point their fingers at Tess, naming her unclean and a depraved woman who gave birth to a bastard. Tess becomes an outcast. Afraid to show her face in the village, she starts to think that she must leave Marlott and start a new life. Next, Tess becomes a milkmaid at Talbot Hayes Dairy. There, life is peaceful, and she finds renewed hope. She encounters Angel Clare, the son of a family of ministers. Angel does not want to follow in the footsteps of his father and brothers and become a minister. Instead, in the future, he hopes to manage a farm. He is engaged in studying the different farming techniques for all types of land. And, when Tess meets him, he is learning to milk the cows in the dairy. When Angel meets Tess, he is drawn to her sweet temperament. In the beautiful, otherworldly solitude of Talbot Hayes Farm, the two fall hopelessly in love with one another. Although Tess has strong feelings for Angel, she is still blighted by the sense that she is unclean and a sinful person. She believes that she is unworthy of him, that, in her situation, she should never be married. When Angel asks her to be his bride, she refuses him. Angel is persistent and pursues Tess. Although her heart remains conflicted, she can't resist her loving ardor. Finally, she promises to marry him. When the marriage is fixed, Tess writes to her mother to tell her. In reply, her mother warns Tess not to mention her past to the man she is to marry. Yet, Tess's heart is full of guilt. She wants to find a time to confide her fears and her worst secret to Angel. But, when any opportunity arises, she can never muster the courage to do so. On the eve of her wedding, Tess finally bites the bullet and writes to Angel, telling him about the rape, the pregnancy, and her dead child.
she slips the letter under Angel's door. Tessa's heart beats like a drum as she waiting for Angel's reaction to her confessions as if she was waiting for her final judgment. However, Angel doesn't give her any sign. He doesn't even mention the letter. Still racked with doubts, Tess goes to Angel's room and finds that the note had accidentally slipped under the carpet, so he hasn't seen it. Tess's attempt to confess before the marriage fails and the wedding happens as planned. Tess and Angel are married, with Tess feeling a mixture of happiness and fear. On their wedding night, Tess and Angel reveal their respective pasts to each other. Angel confesses that before he met Tess, he had a 48-hour affair with another woman. He hopes to have Tess's forgiveness. When she hears Angel's confession, Tess is not upset but relieved. She feels that if she can forgive Angel for his past misdemeanor, she may be forgiven too. But, to Tess's surprise, Angel becomes a different person when she recounts her past to him. He immediately starts to act cold. He says that the Tess he had loved was not the woman with him now, but another woman who looked exactly like her. Tess pleads. She tells Angel the depth of her feelings for him. She kneels down beside him and begs for his forgiveness. Angel remains unmoved. It makes no difference how sincere her tone and how sad Tess looks. Eventually, they both run out of things to say. Their joyous wedding night is slowly swallowed up by the silent night. Presently, Angel determines to leave Tess. He sends her back to Marlotte and leaves for Brazil, going there to study agricultural techniques. Tess doesn't resent Angel for abandoning her. She believes that her impurity would have harmed him. She silently accepts Angel's decision and endures the pain. After returning to Marlotte, Tess finds that the villagers have learned that she married into an affluent family. If she stays for long in the village, they will certainly begin to wonder what is going on in her marriage and doubt her status as a married woman. With this trepidation hanging over her, she leaves home again and goes to work on a farm at Flint Comash. The conditions at Flint Comash are harsh. Tess labors in the fields. The work is difficult, and her employer, an adversary of Tess's in the past, is unfriendly and often critical over the slightest mistake Tess makes. Tess endures these conditions day after day. When she occasionally writes to her mother, she avoids mentioning her difficult situation. When he left, Angel gave Tess some money. Tess shared some of it with her mother, and the remainder was soon used up. Tess remembered that Angel had said that if she needed help with anything, she could go to a minster and find his parents. But Tess is reluctant. She feels that she shouldn't ask them for money. Then Tess is reunited with Marion and his Hewitt, dairymaids who had milked cows with her at Talbot Hayes Dairy. From them, she learns of an incident that occurred before Angel departed for Brazil. According to his, before going abroad, Angel met up with her. He knew that his liked him. Impetuously, in the desperate situation, he asked us to go with him to Brazil. However, it was just a momentary thought. When he came to his senses, he soon abandoned the plan. Tess was alarmed by this knowledge, and she decided that she must act on it and do something. She couldn't simply leave her marriage unresolved. So, she determines to travel to a minster to seek out Angel's parents. At this stage, she lacked a firm plan. All she knew was that something had to be done. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.